Hi, I'm Paul Carr, Teacher Tales, T-A-I-L-S, Podcast 65, Stuck with the Kiwis, the COVID-19 Chronicles, Pandemic Prompts Improvisation. Uh, This was published in Voices of Monterey Bay. Um, Okay, here we go. Luck is a very thin wire between survival and disaster, and not many people can keep their balance on it. Hunter S. Thompson said that. All right. In 2019, I made plans to go visit friends in New Zealand in March. I got my ticket, and then the corona calamity began to unfold in Wuhan. Should I go, I thought. No, I should not. First lesson to self, follow initial instincts, particularly if they are basic survival-related. But when I tried to contact the ticketing site to reschedule a flight, six hours of three calls never even connected me to the site. I thought, eh, I'll go. Second lesson, in the future, buy airline tickets directly from the airline, not brokerage sites. The flight from San Francisco to Auckland was half full, something I'd never seen before in all the years I've flown to New Zealand. A 12-hour to 13-hour flight, I might add. Wuhan's coronavirus numbers were picking up pace. But to those in plague denial, including a wishful me, cursory glances at fellow passengers and handy wipes were supposed to be enough to keep the virus at bay. I counted three passengers wearing face masks. I thought, good. No coughing occurred, and the woman across the aisle offered me sanitizer as she cleaned her tray and armrests. I had my own sanitizer, and I did the same. Noticeably, flight attendants did not wear gloves. But when the time came to give us drinks, the attendants had 20 or so plastic cups, one side the other, wedged in their armpits. They offered them to passengers with lean-forward body language, indicating the passenger should take the cup. It was supposed to offer a modicum of virus protection. Hundreds of people disembarked when the plane landed in Auckland, and they co-mingled with hundreds of other arrivals. Proximity should have been an issue. It wasn't. I have an e-passport, and New Zealand's immigration process makes entering the country a joy. It took less than one minute, all done via electronic booths, but we now know the novel coronavirus lingers on metal and plastic surfaces. Lesson three, what we don't know can kill us. I stayed with friends in two places, Upper Hutt, North Island, and Nelson, South Island. Domestic flights were absolutely packed, possibly because huge numbers of people were shunning overseas travel. I spent a lot of time watching the world's novel coronavirus situation unravel. It was a gut-wrenching thing to do from afar with family members an ocean away, particularly in the beginning when we had no idea what was going on and people were dying by the thousands in New York. Anyway, in New Zealand, Wellington, the capital city, still had thousands of people carrying on as if nothing was happening. Much of the world was still in a state of viral naivete. Plus, many clueless talking heads babbled that the whole thing was overblown, reinforcing that it's not our problem or even real. The hope was that it would only happen in China. Lesson four, wrong. Also, 
As far as isolation goes, New Zealand is in the geographic boonies. And the Kiwis have a mindset of isolation, but planes have changed that. The world watched the coronavirus numbers climb. I did the same on my computer each night as others slept, and then it began to go crazy in Italy. When that occurred, more folks began to take notice and busy restaurants began to have lower capacity, perhaps down by two-thirds. But people still bought petrol, went to the bank, and bought fish and chips in groups. Lesson five. If you say gas, Kiwis think it's a digestion-related problem. So for me, at that point, I just wanted to go home. Better to be in the headwinds of a storm with my family than far away and read about things. My return date was March 15th, the Ides of March for Caesar Augustus, and the date of New Zealand's very own 9-11. It is the date of their mass murder in Christchurch in a mosque an event which shook the the roots of New Zealand's belief that they are a very safe place in a very crazy world. My Nelson friends had me attend a memorial service put on by the Islamic Community Council of New Zealand several days prior to the anniversary. In essence, the service was a thank you to the New Zealanders for the nation's support for them after the horrible March 15th massacre. Maori leaders gave a prayer in Maori. The mayor articulated a little bit. Top Islamic official arrived from England and gave their talks and brokered a question and answer session about Islam. Lots of handshaking took place. Lesson six. No matter what the event, face-to-face meetings need to be canceled in a time of virus peril. But I had a small question answered not about Islam, but about my domestic flight earlier that day to South Island. On the packed flight south, a seated and well-dressed man was approached by an airline attendant and asked if he could please sit in the cockpit with the pilots. And I thought, who is that schmuck? Turns out the schmuck was Nick Smith, a member of parliament with the Nationalist Party. I saw him later giving a speech at that Islamic Community Council meeting. And surprising thing was that I recognized him. We even spoke a bit. Scary thing, though, was all this social interaction. No six feet between people, lots of handshaking. One speaker even praised that so many had shown up and shook hands in spite of the warnings. What bravery. Lesson seven, stupidity need not be praised. I counted the days to return to my home in Monterey. The weather in New Zealand was superb, but I wanted H-O-M-E. Air New Zealand began cutting flights and laid off 10% of its workforce. The escape routes to the USA seemed to be diminishing. I left on March 15th. The flight was two-thirds full, mostly with people trying to get home before things got worse. Upon my arrival in the USA, I learned that New Zealand declared all foreigners entering New Zealand would henceforth be self-quarantined. Australia imposed the same restriction. If I'd visited two weeks later, I would have been stuck. Currently, the world is in an upside-down place. In Monterey, we are are on stay-at-home lockdown. 
my wife, a teacher at the Defense Language Institute, now teaches computer at home. We can leave for meds, food, gas, banking, and dog care. I walk my dog early in the morning in nearby Del Monte Forest. Long walks. We see no one. This is not an abstraction for me. My 58-year-old brother in New York City is confirmed with COVID-19. He managed a three-day fever and is on home seclusion lockdown. He's beating it and feels better. Soon we will just be like the years 428 B.C., in 548 AD, the years after the Athenian plague and the Justinian plague died out. Things were not the same. For us, I can't imagine people in the same numbers will ever go on cruises or flights near or far. I think many parents will homeschool. Theaters may never open again. People now understand that it matters when people do not have enough money to get by. I suspect compulsive spending on frivolities will diminish. Consumer society as we know it probably won't be the same. Globalism will be heartily questioned, and our healthcare system will probably change, much to insurance companies' disliking. We are in a place we have never been before. Wash your hands, people. Wash your hands. So uh, that was published in 2020, so it's very interesting to reflect upon that. And remember how very severe it was at that time. Like I mentioned at the beginning, thousands of people died in New York. Unfortunately, my 89-year-old favorite aunt in the whole world, she, she passed away from COVID virus. And I, but I will also note she did not get vaccinated. Um, so anyway, and the... The coronavirus that's running around now is not even close to what it was uh, when it first broke out. So uh, people need to remember that. Um, yeah, everything's changed. I mean, it's, it's really hard to get people to get jobs in restaurants and in bakeries. Things have changed. School attendance is way down because of homeschooling. Much has changed. Anyway, that's Podcast 65, and I thank you very much. Adios.